Welcome to The Rock Play, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin Truen, and today we're talking pods. You're listening to an outdoor podcast, and there are a ton of outdoor and other podcasts. So what's happening with the medium you're enjoying right now? Well, despite only being around for less than 20 years, podcasts have become an established part of the media ecosystem and are expected to generate more than $4 billion in ad sales in 2024. For podcasts like this one that covers human-powered outdoor sports, the landscape is full of lots of folks doing similar shows. So to dig into it a little bit more, I reached out to Emily Holland. Emily is a podcast strategist, copywriter, and production manager who helps her clients break into and thrive in the podcast space. Since many of her clients are focused on the outdoors, and since she herself is an outdoor enthusiast who has hosted and produced her own shows, she's the perfect person to dig into what makes a good pod, as well as offer an update on the state of outdoor podcasts. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Emily Hall. Emily, we finally made this happen. We've been talking about it for almost a year. So thanks for coming on the show finally. This is great. I know it literally is almost a year. I think it was March when we first started chatting. Um, not to go crazy, but I'm going to ask you a question first, if that's cool. Um, okay. And that is, how do you put out so many GD episodes <laughs> per week? It's like every time I open my feed, the rock fight is there. <laughs> Where's the energy from? It's working. <laughs> my clone program my is a success. Uh, first of all, you've offended me by saying GD. You're allowed to swear on this podcast. Okay, Se- good, good, secondly, good. Um, well, I've that's a great question. A year ago, when I was you know new, and it was uh, you know I'm writing and producing. I'm just writing episodes and narrating them and putting. That was basically the pod with the occasional guest. I definitely got to a moment. I'm like, I'm really going to run out of things to talk about. I should probably slow down a little bit. <laughs> Now that we're kind of in more of a space that we have some regular contributors and things like that, it's it's a little simpler. And, and it is becoming the mo- it's the model that I want, though, because I think that is and we're going we're gonna to get into it when we get into you know, the outdoor podcasting game in a second here. But it's it, there's a I like listening to podcasts where you get to know the hosts and then they have kind of regular they have regular guest appearances and you get that moment of. Oh, that movie's coming out. Oh, I can't wait to hear what these people say about that. Mm, and so definitely yeah. the rock fight, the kind of one of the working models is I would like that to be for the outdoors. So something happens and you're like, oh, what are Colin and Justin going to say? Or, you know, is, is, am I going to have a solo pod about it? And fortunately, this is my job right now. This is all I'm doing. So I'm here for the people and I'm here <laughs> to provide content. <laughs> Well, it's working. I mean, there was multiple ones where I was like, oh, yeah, I just read an article about that. I want to listen to that one. So it's working. Amazing. That is the best compliment <laughs> I will get maybe for a long time. That's exactly what I was hoping somebody would tell me one day. Like, oh, yeah, I read that thing that I went and listened to your podcast. That's incredible. <laughs> no, it was great. You have a good perspective on these things. And I like it. Let's throw some rocks, you know. All I right. Yes. I, like, I love when guests say that, too. But so, yeah, because you're here today to talk about podcasts. You are a podcast consultant and strategist. And your work often, seemingly, from my perspective as a as a LinkedIn follower, it seems to cross into the outdoor space. Uh, simply put, I, I find the podcasting world really fascinating. Clearly, if you listen to the, the, that little exchange, I really like to talk about this stuff. Clearly, so do you. <laughs> so uh, I think there's a lot we can do better as well on the outdoor side of things. And I think you and I are going to tactfully do a state of the union for outdoor podcasts. But speaking generally, as a podcast consultant, strategist, you know, podcasts I look at as the most democratic form of media we've ever had. Anyone can make one. The barrier to entry is low as a creator. 
And as a consumer, we have seemingly unlimited choices. So let's start with just sort of the the medium. What are the markers of a good podcast? Oof, such a good question. Okay, I will say that the podcasting space has really transformed since I first started podcasting, which was in 2018. I was looking back at pictures of OR that year, and that was sort of the catalyst for me and my co-host of the Stokecast at the time, Jonathan Ronzio, starting that show. And it has really changed since then. I mean, it's been fast math, six years, and uh, it used to be that anyone can just like jump on with their iPhone, record something, and they might actually amass a pretty good following just from that if the content is good and listenable enough. I used to tell clients, as long as your audio isn't distracting from the quality of the conversation, then it's fine. I actually don't believe that anymore. I think your audio should be way better than that. So it's interesting right now at this time in 2024, I really believe this will be like survival of the fittest for podcasters. Mm -hmm. I think it's just super saturated. People are still starting podcasts, but there's so much more quality uh uh, recommendations for how to actually go about that, that, you know, they're starting from a better place than maybe we did a few years ago where we're like, Mm -hmm. how do we do this thing? What do we do? So it's going to be a pretty banger year for podcasts. And I'm super excited to see what happens on the platforms and everything like that for the actual podcaster. I would think about a few things. I usually say that people should ask themselves a couple questions, which is first, who is this serving? Who am I actually talking to? What are the messages that I want to get across to that audience? And if the if the answer to that is not obvious, I don't think you should start a podcast because if you're not able to actually serve an audience, you won't gain an audience. And so there will be no reason you'll be sort of like hitting your head against the wall all the time <laughs> to <laughs> create content when it's not resonating uh, the way you want it to. So that is like the number one question to ask yourself. And even current podcasters should ask themselves that pretty consistently because it changes too. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would say is consistency. You and I have talked about this many times. Consistency does not mean you need to have as many episodes as The Rock Fight has, (laughs) which is a lot, Um, but it means that you need to show up when you say you're going to show up consistently. And so there's a couple reasons for that, one of which is algorithms. Algorithms are important to pay attention to, even though we all hate them and loathe them and want to like throw our phones off a cliff all the time. And the other purpose of that is building trust with your audience. Are you doing what you say you're going to be doing? Like, are you showing up for them when you are actually saying you're going to be showing up? So those two things are super important. And then quality. I mean, the quality of a podcast now is so much more important. Are you, you know, editing well so that you're taking out um, ums like I just did, just did an um. I think, I think take ums are out, defensible right? in this style of, of conversation. You know, I might, take it I might, out. <laughs> no, I, I, I learned a great phrase by an engineer I worked with on another show. He's like, that's a foundational um, where it's like, mm. you know, when something can be like, no, that actually, that brings weight to the conversation versus the two or three preceded it that where you trying to figure out what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am stealing that foundational. Um, I'm going to use it's that good, forever right? now. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That's great. But the quality of the conversation is super important. If you're someone who feels really comfortable going off the cuff and you have an interview show, 
that's totally fine if that works for you. However, if you're finding that, you know, it's not resonating as much with your audience, then maybe try to prepare a little bit more than you normally would in your like normal everyday life. Um, if you want to, you know, have a more sound design set up, like figure out how to do that or hire someone to do that. The quality of the actual show itself, every single episode that you're doing is something you just continuously can tweak and figure out. It doesn't need to be like perfectly figured out right away, but it is really important, especially in 2024 where yes, it's still democratic, but you do need to think about these like quality components a little bit more than I would say like three years ago when I started consulting in this way. We're talking a little bit more on the individual side of podcasts in general and people starting new podcasts. There's also the history of brands who have been told like you should have a podcast. And I liken this back to the early days of early days, like the early days of social media. I remember like when Instagram came out 2011 or so time frame, people were like, oh, your company, your brand should have an Instagram account. And it's like, why? Oh, I don't really know, but you should have one. And it kind of for a long time felt like podcasts were sort of the same thing. And some brands I feel like have been successful with it. Some have not. I mean, do you believe that a brand should have their own podcast? Does it make sense for a brand to have a podcast that's about their issues that specifically about their brand? I think it makes sense if the brand has like a trusted and engaged audience. Like I have seen it work well, like with um, REI, with Wild Eyes Ideas Worth Living. That might be I the believe best example. She may have started that before and then REI bought it. I can't remember the details of that, but that's also a great example of some something working really well where it's like, you know, REI is part of that. Like as a person in the outdoors, you know that they're part of that. And yeah. that's great association because the podcast is done really well. It's great conversations, yada, yada. It's a very like highly professional show. Great. It's when brands just feel like they should do something without much thought or intentionality behind it, and then not much follow through either on the first thought that <laughs> it falls flat, right? So it's like, what is what is your goal? The goal of a lot of podcasts is to engage with their audience and feel this like trusting relationship back and forth. However, if the content is not framed in that way or is not trying to go towards that which is a very like nuanced balance of the content, then it's not going to really deliver that for the brand. It might be a good show like on its own, but it might not deliver what the brand is actually looking for, which is like more brand resonance, more brand awareness, tr more trust, and maybe more sales too. Um, so I, I don't think there's like a straight answer to this. I think some brands like REI has done this well, um, but I, I can't think of a lot of brands that have their own show that feels like it is done really well in the like image of the brand and like what you know of them. So it's tough because I think it can be done really well um, with more thought and maybe uh, more resources and investment. But I also don't think it's necessary. I think they can just like, tap into shows. And that's a way better way, whether they purchase, like with, uh, I don't know if that happened with Wild Ideas Worth Living, but I think that happened. Uh, or if they uh, sponsor and partner with creators, I think those two might feel like a more accessible way of diving in versus like creating a whole podcast in itself. As we know, it's 
so much work to have a podcast, like so, so much. And if you're going to do it from a brand perspective, like there is no, oh, I'll just do it in my garage, like whatever. No, <laughs> it needs to be, it needs to look good. Like it needs right. to look really good because it's reflecting the brand. And then people are not going to want to buy from you if that's the image that you're, you know, portraying to the world. Well, let's take it to where our personal passions lie here. Let's 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 talk about you know outdoor podcasts. We talk mostly about human powered outdoor podcasts on the show, obviously, but just even outdoor podcasts in general. What's what is the state in your estimation of the the outdoor podcast? Not great. <laughs> All right, moving yep. on. Yeah, so, next question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think I'm I'm being very facetious. Obviously, I, I there's great podcasts out there. However, there are also a lot of podcasts that don't put the effort in that I would love to see uh, put in for any podcast. I think that, like we've been talking about, like anyone can do it. And but my thought is like not everyone should do it. So if it's something that you feel like you can't do to a quality level, like I don't think that. It's adding any t- anything to this space. I also think that as this is kind of a combo of like state of outdoor podcast and brand partnership stuff. There's sort of this um, de- uh, devaluing of the audience or people being a little scared to ask brands for maybe what they actually deserve for their niche audience when it comes to brand partnerships. And I see this really challenging dilemma where some folks are like really underpricing themselves so that they can Mm. work with brands. And then unfortunately, that means that, you know, rising tides don't lift all ships and we're kind of pulling the pricing down or what brands think the pricing maybe should be down uh, below what it actually should be. And I'm not, I'm sure if people are familiar with this, if they're not podcasters, but basically, you know, if you're thinking about like uh, the armchair experts of the world, the podcasts that like have millions and millions of listens every single episode, they work on what's called a CPM model, a cost per mill. And that's basically cost per thousand downloads per episode. And as a niche podcaster, even a thousand downloads sometimes can be hard to get to per episode on average. And so that is just so unreasonable for someone to be paid, let's say like $22 for their ad on their episode. And that's my, my belief is that all listens and impressions are not created equal. There's millions of people listening to that potential podcast, but are they uniquely qualified to buy, um, let's say like a Patagonia jacket, maybe actually all of them are uniquely qualified for that, but (laughs) not a great example. What about a jet boil? Let's just use that for example. Like that's not going to pertain to like most of that audience. We have no idea, but I would guess But if you had like a show like yours or, you know, another show in the outdoor industry that's like more of a generalist outdoor show or a camping show or a through hiking show, like Jet Boyle should be working with them because that's the perfect exact audience that they need. And so those uh, impressions are not equal. Therefore, I don't think that you should work on the CPM model as a niche podcaster. There's so many other values to what you bring to the table than just your cost per mill, which is just such a silly metric. So I guess all in to say that the outdoor media or the outdoor podcasting space is needing to step up the quality of the shows that they're having. That means conversations. That means style of interview. That means formatting. That means sound. Um, and then also we need to know our worth and push that 
level higher, if not only for ourselves, for the other people around us as well who are in the space. I focus so much on content and like, what do I want to talk about? And some of that is back to earlier in our conversation to make sure that there is a differentiation that I'm not like somebody else. A, a great friend of mine who's a wonderful career in marketing told me a long time ago that, listen, if you're entering a space or you're creating something or you have a business, whatever it is, you can either be first. I'm definitely not first. You can be the best. It's like, I think I'm pretty good, but I definitely don't think I'm the best. And if I am, I'm definitely not the best yet. Or you can be different, right? And I think that's a great mantra, especially for podcasts where, you know, you open up the, you know, the Apple app or the Spotify app or whatever it is and do search for whatever it is. And there's, you're not short of things to listen to. So how do you, um, how can you be different when it comes to content and the outdoor podcast scene? I mean, can we do a better job there? Like what, it just seems sometimes really messy to me. Like what, what are you, what is your takeaway in terms of what is actually being made on a week to week basis? Yeah. And I've participated in this, so I am not above anyone who's doing this. Like I also had an interview show that was like lightly edited is, uh, would be, uh, you know, uh, nice to say. Um, but I think that the just straight interview with athletes, professional athletes is just sort of like boring at this point. I mean, I, I, maybe that's where I'm at in my life. So I wouldn't say that that's probably true for everyone, but I just don't want to hear another thing about you know, free solo. I don't want to hear about, um, another thing about, you know, what it feels to ski powder, you know, it's just like these conversations need revamping. And again, I asked these questions myself as an interviewer years ago, so I am not above it, but that was years ago, right? Like, let's try to have some different and interesting conversations. And so thinking about that is, is really important. Like, even if it's, you're still having an interview with someone and that's like the main part of your show, how can you have like a, a different preamble or like a little section that has like interesting questions from the audience or like even, um, you know, if you're doing an interview, maybe you could actually cut it up a little bit more and add some sound just to like test that out and see if people are interested in that. Like there's so many other ways that even haven't even been explored or talked about. What bothers me is that people just do the carbon copy repeat type of thing. And then they expect to get the same results as the person they copied from. And then they get frustrated that they're not getting those results. And it's like, well, what, why would people come to you versus that person? You're doing basically exactly the same thing. Chris Hampton, who you've had on, is a great example Mm -hmm. of this in the podcast space. And then Patty, who you've also had on, is Mm -hmm. a great example of this in podcasting, but then also in more of like a video format, written format way. Like they are taking these formats and making them their own. Like they might Mm -hmm. have been influenced by other types of TV shows or podcasts or whatever, but like they are really trying to do something different and it's benefiting them greatly. And it's benefiting us because I want to watch him struggle to run with a donkey for 20 minutes. Like I want to do that. So um, anyways, all to say, think about how you can be unique and the best ideas come to you while you're, you know, out walking and out hiking. So just go out there and do it. (laughs) That is 100% true. I I, I told my wife, like, I cannot do this if I don't go do that. And it's not to say that like, oh, it's not an authenticity thing of like, oh, I went mountain biking today. So now I can write an outdoor podcast. It's like, no, I need to get out and let, you know, the ideas, the creativity start flowing. But I agree with you. It's one reason why I still almost every week try to do at least one short essay and write it and do it narrative style. And I don't quite do it with the same flair as Chris or even what I did in my old show, but it just, 
I do that, number one, because it just helps me kind of continue to find these little things I want to pick into in the industry and the space. But it's also, I don't hear a lot of that. You know, there's not a lot. It's everyone just thinks a podcast now is what you and I are doing. And I mean, it can be that, but it can be a lot of other different things. I mean, I talk to the true crime folks if you want to hear about, you know, what's going on over in other, other parts of podcasting. And, you know, I think Patty's a great example. You know, I've had nothing, you know, I've been definitely critical of some of the outside properties on here and I'll, I'll do it again. I, I told him like anytime he shows up on the outside podcast, I'm like, I'm in. Patty's yep. on today. I'm I'm listening. Anybody yes. else? No offense, anyone over there. I'm a little like, all right, what's this going to be? <laughs> you know, <'cause> <laughs> I trust. I want to hear Patty. Yeah, and that's because he has such a great voice. And not that everybody can be him, but learn the lessons, I guess, from what you know makes some of these folks successful at what they do. Yeah. And back to the expert thing, he's not acting like he's an expert at anything, even right. what he actually is very good at, which is, you know, writing, skiing, speaking, uh, you know, yeah. he's actually like a pretty good athlete, even though in these ones he's like saying he's not right. Like he's not <laughs> acting like he knows everything. And so like that is a um, personality that we're really missing in the outdoor industry. Everyone knows everything and it is exhausting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, that's ultimately, you know, it, it, the outdoor space is challenging because I, you know, I think the other thing that people forget when they're talking about outdoor, just media in general, is that, look, everybody just accept outdoor media, all of the stuff that we're doing, it's entertainment. It's this, it's, this is entertainment. This isn't, you're not solving problems because you got in tune with nature and all those, all those stories are important. But when you're creating something, it is like listening to something about a movie or the NFL or something else, because these are the, this is just another way that we fill the time entertaining ourselves. Maybe there's def, it's not a one for one comparison to those things, but it's true. And that almost should be the approach. It's like how it's back to that thing about the host. How are you hosting? What do you want to say? Because, you know, if you can engage me and you know, with your content and your voice, and maybe it is one of those really, you know, heartfelt stories. Uh, it works on me. I'm not, you know, I def, <laughs> I'm not, not a callous. <laughs> I cry. I'm a big crier. Talk to my kids. But the, uh, but it's, uh, no, I think that's something that really gets missed. There's a, like, there's a formula, but there's really no formula. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it basically is, it comes down to vulnerability, but also like, yeah. don't, don't overdo the vulnerability. Like we don't <laughs> want to do vulnerability for vulnerability's sake, just to be like victims and stuff. Right. But it's, that's the stuff that's most exciting about being outdoors. It's the stuff that when I'm on a trail run with my friend and I learn a brand new thing about her that I've literally never heard before that right. she's sharing with me in that moment, right? Like, Or when I'm climbing with my partner and I see him just push through something and act so resilient in a moment and it makes me, you know, like those are the moments that we as the outdoor community can all really understand, but our media is not giving us enough of those. Hey, last question. Why, why aren't you hosting your own pod anymore? Uh, I wrote this in our little prep doc, but I'll say it here too. Um, you really hit, hit the accord with that. <laughs> I can, I've we can really retract missing. that question if you like. It's a no, no. I, I think it's good to think about. Um, literally last week, uh, my creative partner and I were like, we should have a podcast. Like, why don't we have a podcast? And so it's on my mind, but mm -hmm. I got really burnt out on podcasting. And I didn't feel like I had the creative juices at that point to think of this great new format or like something different or unique. And I was like, I'm really liking 
being behind the scenes and helping someone mm-hmm. get to get to their level of you know professionalism and and growth or making more money or whatever it is from their show. So I've been you know thinking about that, but the last show that I did was all about sobriety and the outdoors and I am a person who doesn't drink and so I started it because of that and then I got really burnt out on continually having conversations about it and it was tough. It was a little tough. Yeah. Like there was a hey, couple of Do you want to continue to talk about this giant life decision that you made all the time and in great detail? Do you want to talk about that some more? <laughs> yeah, and also I'm interviewing people so I'm like trying to be present for very deep things That's that they're hard, talking man. about. Yes. And and so I, I'm a great example of like, I didn't think that through when I started that. I started that very fast and did not put a lot of thought into it. And that's why I'm so adamant about people putting more thought into what they're going to create. Is it sustainable, like timing wise, consistency wise and work wise, but also is it a topic that you could see yourself talking about for ever? <laughs> like what, <laughs> what is the, you know, potentially forever. Um, and so, yeah, I, I got really burnt out and now I'm feeling I'm feeling the little inkling again. Anything else you want to touch on that we didn't get to? Yes. If you are a female podcaster and you don't have to be in the outdoor space, we are launching, I'm not sure when this is coming out, we are launching our next cohort for the Wild Women Podcast Society. So we have a group that comes together and we have a couple different things that we do together each month. And one of them is co-working. One of the biggest complaints I get from people is like they don't have time to do the things they know they need to do, but they just are sidetracked. They have a job. They have other side hustles. They have other things to do, and they don't have this like dedicated time. So we come together. We co-work once a month for a couple hours. We have expert sessions every month, and we talk about different podcast themes and topics that are of high importance to podcasters in general, but also like female podcasters, if that makes sense. And then we have a Slack community. So it's just a place for female podcasters to get more support. Myself and my creative partner, Angie, who started it, we were just seeing like, okay, all of our clients, a lot of our clients are guys. Why is that? Well, oftentimes for many reasons, guys have more money to invest and so they can hire us. And so there's a lot of reasons why that's happening. And I just wanted to support more female podcasters and make sure that they have the support they need, even if it's not at the same like price point that myself or Angie would would charge for work. So um, that is the Wild Women Podcast Society. So you can register at a website that I will give Colin. It will be in the show notes. This is important, and I'm not pandering to my guests, I swear, but it might su- it won't mm-hmm. surprise anyone to know. <laughs> Guess what? A lot of white dudes doing podcasting in and out of the outdoor industry, probably worse than the outdoor industry, because uh, that seems to be you know, our MO. But yeah, I saw you starting this on LinkedIn. Uh, it's been a couple of months, I think, right? Is it late, late 23? Yeah, we're in, we are in our first cohort now, and that ends at the end of February. So we'll start the next cohort in March, and it'll go. it's three months, March, April, and okay. May. All right. Well, we're going to need to have you back on to talk about something other than podcasting. We should do like, a, is there an outdoor movie you want to review? Should we do something like that? Mm, yeah, maybe. I am going to see Real Rock in a couple weeks and okay. that always leaves me usually wanting more. So I might have reactions to that. Um, but <laughs> I'll think about my outdoor movie idea as well. All right. Well, Emily, thank you so much. I'm so glad, even though it took a little while, that it finally worked out. I can't wait to have you on again. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Colin. 
All right, that's the show for today. But before you leave, here is your list of rock fight related items I am required by podcast law to tell you about. Make sure you follow the show on your preferred podcast app. Then rate and review the show on that podcast app. Then head to rockfight.co and sign up for our newsletter. And lastly, suggest listening to the rock fight to like three dozen of your friends. Got all that? Good. Big thanks to my guest today, Emily Holland. You can find out more about her and the Wild Woman Podcast Society at the links in the show notes. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.